Hey everybody, welcome to the show. It's me, it's Naders. Um, and this is audio only with me, Nate Starr. As we're bringing a little Retro's 80 funky jazz hop uh, for the background music today, because I, I realized I, I was coming off a little too NPR y. Uh, not that there's anything wrong with NPR, but, you know, it's. Uh, it's not exactly, you know, it, it, it was like I was getting too serious. So I'm bringing, I'm bringing a little, listen to this real quick, just. You know, that's fun. That's what we're doing. We're, try, we're trying to have fun here. Uh, but you know what? I also want you to learn things. I want you to, I want you to broaden your horizons in the internet world. You know, it was like, um. The whole reason Jim Henson created Sesame Street uh, is because he believed, uh, along with guys like Fred Rogers, that you know television didn't need to just be a source of entertainment. It could be a source of education, uh, and I'm a huge proponent of that. I think that um, you know, but the same, but for the internet, you know, there's so many crazy, amazing things out there that you can. <clears throat> You can read, and you can learn, and broaden your horizons, and, and, and meet people, uh, you know, who who share your thoughts and ideals. And yes, uh, there is a dark side to it, but you know what? You can't just dwell on the darkness. It can't rain all the time, am I right? Right? Remember, like the movie The Crow? Can't rain all the time. Uh, but, you know, it's, uh, it's a funny thing, um... You know, as, I, as I'm making my way here, still blazing a trail on the internet, finally giving the white male voice to the podcastophere. <laughs> I always say that because it's like, yeah, I, throw a rock and find a white guy with something to pontificate about. Um, but you know, it's a. I like to. I like to make sure that you learn something and you get something out of it. That's why on the uh, on the show that we do on Wednesday nights, which is tonight. Um, and the funniest guy at work, we, we bring up, you know, we talk about the news, we talk about social issues, we talk, you know, it's not all about uh, TV and uh, and places to eat in Marquette, Michigan. Uh, I mean, I do love my Michigan news, and I do love Marquette, it'll always have a place in my heart, but there's the world is so much bigger and crazier and kookier, you need to get out there and experience it. Uh, so today I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share with you, uh, it was a snippet... Uh, <laughs> Man, I also I want to apologize. <coughs> I have a little, uh, I have a little bit of a uh, allergy issue today, man. Uh, it's green and beautiful and bright outside, but if you have seasonal allergies, it's like a kick to the nards. You know what I mean? You, you're like, oh man, it looks so nice out there, and then your nose is running, your eyes are all itchy, you got congestion, you got your throat gets a little raw, so you got a little extra bass in your voice, you know, and, uh, you know, so, I mean, this too shall pass, but it's always a rough couple of weeks once everything is just like, just kind of rip, it's like, it's like having Rip Taylor uh, come over, because he's just like, it's springtime, and he's throwing confetti, and instead of confetti, it's pollen, and it's miserable. Uh... But I want to talk about something. It was from the uh, defunct um, moment. It was the uh, it was called the Writer's Almanac. 
uh, with Garrison Keillor. It's now defunct because Garrison Keillor turned out to be a sexual predator. Disheartening. You know, you always, you never, you like, when you find out it's, like, some gross, lecherous person, you're always like, good, hang them high. But then when you find out it's somebody you respected, like Garrison Keillor, uh, Prairie Home Companion, Writer's Almanac, all the work he did for NPR, you're just like, what, man? Why? Why? Charlie Rose, why? What's wrong with you? What's wrong with you guys? Why you gotta be like that? You know, so it's uh, it's kind of bunk. So, uh, but I want to share uh, today's um, kind of today's clip. Uh, it's not a clip. It's going to be me reading. It's an excerpt uh, from the uh, the writer's almanac. Um, this is back because uh, today is the birthday of writer, historian, and radio man Studs Turkle. Born in New York City in 1912, when he was eight, his family moved to Chicago, where they were in a ran a rooming house. And Turkle was fascinated by all the different people who came through. He went to college and law school, but he thought it was too corporate, and he wasn't a very good student. He graduated, but failed to pass the bar. He applied for a job as a fingerprint classifying clerk at the FBI, but he didn't get the job. One of his professors, an FBI informant, had given him a lukewarm review. His appearance was somewhat sloppy, and I considered him not to be the best type of boy. Since a career in law was not working out, Turkle found work writing radio scripts with the Federal Writers Project, acting with the Chicago Repertory Theater, and performing in radio soap operas. He hosted a radio show called The Wax Museum, which was mostly a jazz show, but included gospel, country, opera, and interviews with artists. That led to the television show Studs Place, set in a diner with Turkle as the owner and a rotating series of guests chatting with him in the restaurant in a totally improvised dialogue. The show was dropped by NBC at the height of McCarthyism. The executives were uncomfortable with all the left-wing petitions Turkle had signed. They told Turkle that they would reconsider if he claimed he had been duped into signing the petitions, but he refused. For a while, he had almost no income besides occasional book reviews or lectures, and his wife supported their family. One day he was listening to the radio and he heard the Woody Guthrie song on a uh, station called WFMT. And he said, I wondered who plays Woody Guthrie's records except me. So he called WFMT and they were delighted to hear from him. The station had been on the air less than a year. And they invited Turkle to host a show, the Studs Turkle program. And it debuted in 1952 and aired for 45 years until 1957. The show included eclectic music and Turkle's music, but was mostly interviews with subjects of his choice, blues musicians, labor activists, poets, actors. He stayed away from politicians. And he did intense research on his subjects and never referenced a book or performance unless he had read it or seen it. Uh, sound familiar? Uh, so when he was in his mid-50s, when he interviewed British comedian named Eleanor Braun on his show, she was so impressed by Turkle's interviewing skills that she mentioned him to her friend Andre Schifrin, the publisher of Pantheon Books. Schifrin approached Turkle and asked if he'd consider producing a book of interviews with ordinary Chicagoans. Turkle said, I told him he must be out of his mind. Eventually gave in the resulting book, The Division Street America, in 1967, was a huge success and launched Turkle's second career as an author. His books of oral history include Hard Times, an oral history of the Great Depression, Working, People Talk About What They All Do, What They Do All Day, and How They Feel About What They Do, Race, What Black and Whites Think and Feel About the American Obsession, and Will the Circle Be Unbroken? Reflections on Death, Rebirth, and Hunger for Faith. 
He said about interviewing, it isn't an inquisition, it's an exploration, usually an exploration into the past. So I think the generalist question is the best one, and the generalist is, and what happened then? That's some great stuff. Learning new things and teaching new things is something that makes me happy. I always said if I could, uh, if I could have any job at any time, if I could, if I could go back in time and take a new vocation. I always said I would love to be a DJ in the 1970s. Uh, rock was hot, and everybody wanted to learn more about it. And I would love to sat down with some of the, the, the just the icons of rock and roll and have them in their studio with me. You know, be a guy like Wolfman Jack or. Uh, King Biscuit or the King Biscuit Flower Hour and really just kind of delve in. I'm not a musician myself. I mean, I like to sing karaoke, but for the most part, man, you just, you know, just to hear the stories and, and understand the world and it's a huge thing, you know, but that was a, that was a, that was a different time. But, you know, the thing about life is you never know where it's going to lead you. You never know what's going to happen. And, you know, it's it's a kooky, crazy thing. Um, because, like, uh, a friend of mine, uh, an online friend, it's not, we've never met in per- person, Christina Wolfgram, she's an internet celebrity, uh, and I'm insanely jealous of her. <laughs> uh, no, I, I kid. She's, uh, she's really great. She's always uh, answered all my questions about, like, getting started and getting out there. And um, she's been just, just super kind, super great. And, um, but she talked about... A friend of hers, who is a writer, and uh, she started a business called HappilyEverHashtagged.com. Because right now, at this point in our world, um, hashtags are important. Have you ever met somebody who says, I don't, I, don't like, I don't like to use hashtags. I'm not, I'm not, into, I'm not into using the hashtags. <laughs> yeah, that's how they all sound, too. Every single one of them. Every, every one, they always sound like some... Two-bit character from uh, the uh, from from some Warner Brothers cartoon. Yeah, you know, I'm just not, I didn't, like maybe like a drunk Bob Hope. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, I'm, I'm I'm getting off topic here. Uh, so what it is is happily ever hashtagged. Um, is that it is a it is a business that helps you create. Uh, hashtags for your wedding. It's a it's a thing. It's an actual thing, and so what you can do is yeah, you you get a creative uh, hashtag through this company. They help you create you know because creating a hashtag is hard to do. You want it to take off. You want it to have legs. You want it to do something. But if you don't have anything, you know you're not. It's not going to go anywhere. It's just going to just be one of the millions of hashtags. But, so you create a clever hashtag for your wedding and with the help of happilyeverhashtag.com. And they help you get out there. And, um, and so that way when you when you get married, they can you take some photos. Because we all got cameras now. We all got cameras with filters and, and basically Photoshop in your hand, man. And you can go out there and you can do these things. And you can take pictures that the cameraman or camera person, I should say, your wedding photographer, um, they miss. They can only be in so many places. You don't have a team of paparazzi following you around. So, well, they're taking your your pictures by the lake or at sunset or or by the fountain, wherever wherever you got married. Now you're, you got pictures of your family having fun and some great photos of family and friends. 
and you get them, you know, and everybody applies the filters on them so they look all cool, and you, and then you go into Instagram and you add that hashtag, and now they're all connected, and you and you bring you bring all the webs into one nucleus, which is your special day. That's a huge thing, and so it goes to show that you know if you if you have a dream to 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 create something. Go out and work hard at it, man. I mean, just look at me. I'm sitting here. I mean, I get, like, five listens. You know, I'm just starting out uh, with the audio only. I've been doing um, I've been doing uh, The Funniest Guy at Work for, like, five years. I've got, like, 200 friends on, or 200 followers on, on Facebook. I mean, those are not bad stats for a not-famous guy. But, I, you know, uh, I've decided I'm, I'm working at trying to... To really bring that out and get it out there more. That's why this year, uh, Funniest Cat Work isn't taking a summer hiatus. We're going to go all summer long. We're just going to keep on rolling and uh, keep bringing the fun and the lighthearted comedy and try to do more stuff. So today, um, today's kind of message is like, go out there, and if you got a dream, start looking into it, man. Don't just sit back and dream about it. Be about it. You know, read some articles. Talk to people. You know, like, um, I remember a friend of mine, um, Kabuki, from my show, uh, his real name's Chase, he he did an interview uh, with, like, a game designer and they were uh, for this website, and they were like, yeah, just uh, email his people and ask them to interview you, if you can interview them. And he's just like, you can do that? You know, you can, that's it? And he's like, that's how interviews work. You know, it's just, it, the simplicity uh, was just that kind of fun thing. Uh, you know, when you look at it, that's all it is. And, uh, <coughs> again, sorry for the coughing, but that's the fun of an unedited, raw show. Uh, I'm not editing out my coughs. Um, but yeah, you know, to, to conclude a day, to tie a bow on it, man, get out there. Ask the questions. Uh, be, be your own hype person, you know? Uh, if you got an idea, go for it. Bring it and, and, and do the best and be the best you that you can. So uh, that's going to wrap it up for today here on Audio Only. Uh, I am Nate Starr, and we'll see you tonight on the big program. But as always, I'll see you on the Internet.